Hello, welcome back to the Marvin Chronicles Season 2. Sorry I've been gone so long, but thanks for sticking with me. I'll tell you where I've been in the future, but today's episode will be with my friend Matt. He's been teaching English uh, online for a couple years, but then he decided he wanted to teach in class in Shenzhen, China this past year. So the main part of this interview about his experience Basically, being in classroom, we'll talk a little bit about his experience online, but it's really if you want knowledge about teaching abroad in China or in abroad in general because he's taught in Thailand, in South Korea as well. I want to start with, I apologize ahead of time. We actually did this over um, Zoom and the connection did drop a couple times. I have edited the episode, so you won't really hear a lot of those drops, but you might hear cuts where like he was answering something and it cuts to something else. However, I promise you that um, in the body of the podcast, anything that was dropped, I do come back to not immediately, but it is brought back because I I knew when we lost that part of the episode during the recording. So I do bring it up with him. So with uh, no further ado, here's my friend Matt, uh, also known as Happy Hour with Matt on YouTube and Instagram. Enjoy. Sweet. So we're we're live, and um, this will be a probably a. Let me get to the to the microphone here. Can you hear me okay now? All right. Yes, great. So we are here today with Matt from. Is it Happy Hour with Matt? Is that the new the new YouTube? He is. He actually inspired me to start my own podcast. So um, it's a uh, it's actually an honor to to you know have the opportunity to ever you know talk to somebody who actually inspired you to do what you're doing now so i appreciate that matt and you know i need to build i like to build up my guests you know it's been a I, i'm a little rusty i must admit i want to apologize to all my listeners for uh for being away for a while i thought i'd i'd hit it hard when i got back to bali and then i didn't and uh now i'm in kl and Matt's like, you better do it now, or we're never gonna do it. He, I think, I felt like I felt like an ultimatum. So um, I'm gonna let Matt introduce himself, and then I have, you know, a list of questions, um, very very personal questions because I like to make my guests very uncomfortable. So um, <laughs> so Matt, can you give us a little bit of introduction to yourself? Sure. Uh, so my name is Matt. I have been traveling for about five years now. Uh, I think um, since 2014, I've been I've been traveling. Um, originally, I, I started traveling with uh, my ex girlfriend. We were together for four. We were together for five years, traveling for four years. So most of my, uh, like Marvin said, his podcast uh, was based uh, off mine and. Um, that does no longer exist for me because uh, I don't do that anymore. But yeah, so let me keep going. So yeah, I, I've been to over about 30 countries, I think now, um, since 2014. I started off in Thailand and now I'm in China. I, I fund my travels by teaching English. I mean, a lot, I know a lot of people out there do do that. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Sometimes it has kind of a bad name to it because people, you know, people, people tend to just go teach English, get drunk you know, sleep around and go home. But I actually take this pretty seriously. I, I've been teaching English uh, since Thailand. I did it in Thailand. I did it in Korea. I taught online for almost three years. And now I've been, I've been teaching in China for about a year. And I'm going to do it again for another year. I really like it. So yeah, I've just been traveling. Basically, I stay in countries long term. I don't, I don't really do short term traveling. Uh, it's so, sometimes I do where like, I'll stay in a place for a year. And then for a few months, I'll just bounce around as quick as possible to see as many places as possible. But overall, I stay in one place for a long time and really live there, get an apartment, go to the gym, cook my meals. Not really a typical type of traveler, more just living in different countries. So yeah, I really do enjoy that. And um, yeah, I'm currently in Guangzhou, China. Uh, it's one of the biggest cities in China. It's uh, a top, uh, a tier one city. So it's a huge city in China. I know when people think of China, they think of maybe Beijing and Shanghai, but Guangzhou's up there as well. And yeah, I love um, eating food. I like making YouTube videos. I like drinking wine and uh, I like exercising and just, you know, just living normal lives while living in pretty normal basic life while living in completely different worlds. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. 
All right. Well, the show is over. I think we've gotten through everything. No, I'm kidding. I'm just joking, guys. So um, uh, just before we start off, I want to make it clear that this, as you probably noticed, because uh, this will be a podcast, uh, that he, we're not in the same room. So <laughs> I just want to make that clear to our listeners. He is, at, he is in China, and I'm not in China. I'm in a city called Kuala Lumpur, which is in Malaysia. Um, and I'm stuck here which we'll talk about at a later time uh, because I ran out of pages in my passport and uh, didn't, I was an idiot and didn't realize that I had only one page left. And luckily, Mal Malaysia will let you in with one page. And I went to the U.S. Embassy and I'll leave you guys on a cliffhanger on how, I, how and when do I get my passport and when I leave. So hopefully the next... I can't. I can't guarantee the next podcast won't still won't still be me here in um, in uh, Kuala Lumpur, but hopefully not. Cross your fingers, guys. Nothing against Kuala Lumpur, though, for my Kuala Lumpur listeners out there, all two of you. So, um, so Matt, thank you for the introduction, and you, you know uh, that was a condensed version. We're gonna we're actually gonna strip away some of those those uh, those statements he said and. And uh, there was a lot there to kind of to unpack for the most part. Uh, my goal in this interview, and just to let you guys know, I actually didn't prepare Matt for this interview. Um, we literally, I just hit record once we started the call. So I could be asking about anything from teaching to uh, midget stripping. He has no idea what I'm going to ask him. And, you know, that's, we like to keep it, uh, keep it raw here. It's not prepared. But the truth is, um, you know, I wanted to, I, I want to ask him about his experience in, in comparing, uh, working online and working in a classroom setting. I, I, I think that is the value proposition for this podcast. Uh, so I apologize for all you midget stripper, uh, listeners out there, uh, that we're not talking about that today. But really, the benefits uh, of both, uh, he's, I think he, you've done more online than in-classroom, or are you almost 50-50 at this point? Almost 50-50, but yeah, a little more online, I guess. A little more online. So yeah, I want to kind of uh, hear you know, your experiences. Uh, this, this is your, it seems like this is your first full, was this your first full year of teaching straight through, or did, had you done that in Thailand before? Actually, this, yeah, this is my first full year. Uh, the other two times I taught in person, other shit happened and I never made it. So this was my first actual full year. Full year. And since this is the, this is a more fresher experience, uh, we'll just dive into uh, how you got this position. So um, about a year ago, I remember uh, you guys announced that you were leaving Prague and uh, and by the way, guys, if you want to know more about Matt's backstory, his his uh, previous podcast was Words with Winos. So um, you, you if 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 there's any interest on hearing every detail of his experiences, that's a place to go. Uh, he did a he they did a clever thing where they would drink wine throughout the broadcast, so they get a little bit loosey loosey goosey at the end. And he's and again he's drinking wine now. So. Um, Talk about, because uh, I know there are some, some challenges there. So uh, when did you make the decision, this is the time we need or I need to teach in class now? And how did you break down where to do it at? I actually remember I was in, uh, so I was with my ex-girlfriend who we both did the podcast Words with Miles together. And we were in Italy. So we were in Italy in December of 2007. Yeah. 2017. So um, I realized at that point, like I, I was just bored teaching online. Like it was the same thing every day. I was in the same spot. Um, I mean, it's great because you can live in other countries and move around, but the job itself was boring to me. Uh, it was just, I don't know. I, I felt like I needed some interaction with, I mean, I'm not, I'm not the most sociable person in the world. Like I, I don't like Marvin goes out and meets people like crazy. I give you so much credit for that. But for me, it's a little more difficult to do that. So um, I just felt like very isolated teaching online. Like the only kind of communication is on the internet. So I said that I want to go and teach in person again. Like I, I was teaching these kids in China. So I said, oh, why not China? I've heard they pay pretty well. They, um, it's a good like way of life there. 
Um, and I heard it's uh, just like the school system is a lot better than a lot of other countries. So I thought, why not? So I, I looked into someone's knocking on my door right now. And oh, wow. I just moved into this apartment. That's, that's a popular guy. And uh, you want to get that? Gotta, yeah. He was in Italy and it was getting a little repetitive. That's what he was talking about. I might actually have him repeat that section there so we can, uh, so it can be very Sorry clear. about that. Was, uh, awesome. I think we're in good shape. I th did you not hear me? There was only one part where, uh, you know, you said it was repetitive online. You, there was that section. Can you just repeat? You said something about uh, there wasn't a lot of interaction. Yeah, I really was only talking to five to 10 year old Chinese kids and my ex-girlfriend, I, I, I didn't really go out too much. I did have friends when I was living in Prague, uh, so I would see them sometimes, but for the most part, I, I wasn't really interacting with people and I was just getting bored of the same thing, talking, teaching the same lessons, talking to the same kids. And I just wanted to be in person. I wanted to have like other coworkers around me. I wanted to interact with the actual students. I just wanted to go to a work environment again. And, and at one point I did, I said to myself, I would never do that. Teaching online is so wonderful that I'm able to teach and do whatever I want and not have to deal with all that other stuff. But I, I missed it. So I had to go, I wanted to go back to it. And China seemed like a good place. I heard a lot of good things about Shenzhen, China. It's in Southern China. Um, it's, there's no winter. It's just always hot there. Um, so I, I don't like cold weather. So that was a city I, I chose. And it was pretty easy to get a job. I mean, you just find a company and then they find you a job. If you have some experience, if you speak, if you're a native English speaker, like come from a country where they speak English as their um, main language, then you should have no problems. So um, yeah, I applied for a job in December. And I think uh, like the whole process kind of started a few months later. And then I ended up uh, moving to Shenzhen, China in August of 2018. Okay, so uh, thanks for sharing that. The um, a couple things uh, with there. So it took, you decided in December, you found it sounded like a recruiter, or did you go directly to a, uh, a comp like a school? Was it a recruiter or a school or somewhere in between that? Yeah, it was, it was a recruiter. It's pretty hard to get a job without a recruiter. I don't know. I always hear online, like from videos and stuff like, oh, you make much more money if you go directly to the school, which is absolutely true. But it's also much harder to find, to work in a country. The, the, these companies, these recruiters, they're the ones that help you really legally work in a country there's a chance of you getting in trouble. And there's also, there's also a chance of you not finding a, a legal job. I, I remember watching a video from Where's Poppy. Uh, she lived in Shenzhen, China, and she was the one saying like to go there without help from anyone. And then months later with the, with the school because they weren't paying her and they didn't have enough money. So definitely go with a recruiter if it's your first time. And then I guess if you're comfortable there and you know the system and you know how things work, then try to find a school on your own. But if it's your first year, 100% find a recruiter. You're going to make less money, but everything else is just easier. Okay. So um, uh, we'll, we'll get into detail more with your previous experiences in Thailand and Korea. Uh, we'll do that later. But I guess when you decided to, to, to do this and you had, I, we all know you've documented in your podcast that you had a negative experience in both Thailand, some negative experiences in Thailand and Korea what what were you going to do or did you do anything to prepare or to prevent that from happening again when you when you decided to come to China or were you just going to roll the dice uh, like you had done in the past? Uh, yeah, I definitely did do a little more research. For example, the reason I, I got um, screwed over in Korea was because I was working at a hagwon, which is kind of like a training center, which is like an after-school program. And I knew in China they have that, but they also have public schools. And I knew immediately I am not going to a training center. I don't care if I make more money. I don't care if I have less hours. I'm working at a public school because you don't have to deal with like a private boss. You deal with the government. You deal with your company. You don't deal with uh, some woman who really probably has nothing to do with teaching English. Um, as your boss. So I wanted to make sure to go to a public school. And, and that's what I did. And I'm 100% happy with that decision because working at a public school is so much better than a training center. I have a friend here in China who worked at a training center and he ended up quitting halfway through, which happens a lot. Okay. Yeah. And I think they call it, um, I heard in Korea, they call it the midnight run where you, uh, you pack up <laughs> and escape in the middle of the night. And um, I, I, 
you know, I don't, obviously I don't have experience teaching uh, in a classroom and I, I barely have any teaching uh, experience on online. However, um, uh, for any of you listeners out there, I, I would say that his story about the hogwans in Korea is common. However, I, I am in contact with a few people that work at hogwans as well that really enjoy it. Uh, and just to, to clarify the difference, like what Matt had said is just that hogwans are private entities. So they don't, they're not beholden to any kind of, I guess, uh, any specific standard other than their own. And, um, you know, they're, uh, you know, they're, they're a for-profit, uh, basically a for-profit business and, uh, versus working for the public school system where it's a, it sounds like it's a little bit more, ma it's managed better in your experience when you're, you're teaching here at the, the, the Chinese school. Hmm. Yes. Yeah. You, okay. <laughs> <All right>. okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's shaking his head. So I think it's uh, correct. The, um, the question I have too is um, d because you had all the experience online if somebody wanted to say, somebody listening to this right now and said, they said, oh, you know, I want to teach in China, but I don't want to have to teach online for three years. Uh, do they have to do that? Or can they just uh, finish, you know, oh, you know, what are the requirements and, and does experience matter? Um, so if you are a native English speaker, um, you need a bachelor's degree and you need a TEFL or TESOL, one of those certifications. Uh, so if you don't have a bachelor's degree, you can't legally work in China. If you don't have a TEFL, um, that's okay, but you need experience. Uh, or if you have a TEFL, you don't need experience. You can come to China and work on a tourist visa. Many people do it, especially from non-native countries like, uh, like Russia and Serbia. There's a lot of people from. They come here on tourist visas. They work in usually training centers and you can make pretty good money working because you don't have to pay any taxes or anything. And they pay you directly through WeChat, which is how everything is done here in China. Um, but you also have to leave the country every two months, which I heard is not that bad. You can just go to Hong Kong and come right back, if, especially if you're in Shenzhen. Um, and then, um, but you also have the chance of getting caught by the police. You can do that. You can work recommended in China. I mean, it's one of those places where you should be careful. Okay. So uh, he did cut out there a little bit. I'll, uh, I'm sorry, but he, yeah, basically you said that um, you can, you, you, you can, or people have taught in um, with a tourist visa, but it's definitely not the legal way of doing it. And, but you're saying you don't think that it is that negatively frowned upon is that is that kind of what i'm hearing from you like if you get caught they'll probably just deport you and then you probably have to get a new passport to try to get back in the country or do you think you're blacklisted from china you're probably blacklisted for at least a few years um i, I don't know i never really looked into it my my visa was with a with a company which hired me to work at a public school but i was doing part-time work three days a week at a training center. So I technically was working um, illegally at a training center. So at any moment, I could have also been deported. So yeah, the chances of it happening are pretty low. And if it does happen, I don't think it's anything serious. You will, you'll get, I guess it's not that bad. It's better than getting thrown in prison for five years. Yeah, well, yeah, hopefully, hopefully that, that would not be the case. Um, yeah, you know, I've heard a simil those similar things. I, I've done some research because uh, just to let the audience know that um, I fell in love with Korea and, um, and uh, unfortunately Matt did not, uh, or maybe with just the work there. And uh, I did some research and yeah, a lot of people do teach part-time um, uh, outside of their work visa and, you know, they're not necessarily like, you know, the, what I can say is that like, is it, is it, it's a gray area, you know, there's other, you know, the excuse is basically like, there's other, there's, there's other crimes being committed. Um, teaching, teaching somebody a foreign language or English um, typically is considered enriching the culture. <laughs> so, you know, you're, you know, if anything, you're there spending your money and you know it's not like 
a native can necessarily take your position because you're, you know, your job is, is, is the role of a native English speaker. So you're not going to find a, you're not typically going to find that many in a foreign country. With the TEFL, do you recommend either online or in class? Does it matter? Online. Um, yeah, 100% online. I, I feel like the training, like I have done in-class training with TEFL stuff and I've done training for teaching. Honestly, nothing prepares you to teach until you're physically in the classroom and you're teaching and you just, you just learn what works and what doesn't. I went to Thailand. No one taught me how to teach. I had all that little training, but they just gave me a bunch of textbooks. Like, okay, here, teach. I have no idea how to teach. I didn't go to school for teaching. I barely had any training for teaching. So I think just do it online. It's easier. I mean, you can do it in person because it gives you the chance to fly somewhere new and maybe meet some new people if you're going to work in the same place. I think that's the benefit of that. But if you're just at home and you're, you're not going anywhere just yet, online is fine. It's not going to help make, make it any better or worse for you. Okay. Well, that's, that's good advice. Um, I, I just completed an online one, um, uh, Premier Tefl. Um, I'll make sure to put the affiliate link on the bottom. No, I'm, I don't, I'm kidding. I don't, I don't know if you even know if there is one. So, uh, but uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty, I don't know. I feel like the online ones, uh, they're okay. I mean, they give you the information you need. It comes down to your desire to actually want to go through the material in any kind of detail or length. What, how long did it take from the decision to getting to landing the position? So if somebody is listening now, how, how, many, how many months do they need to prepare to, you know, I want to teach in China, July, July 5th, I think. And when can I expect to start? Uh, well, if you want to start the whole process, like finding a company that will help you find a job. I started in December. That was too early, I would say. Maybe March, April is a good time to start. Um, I mean, honestly, you can start pretty late and it's, it was the end of June. So it really is possible to find it. I mean, maybe it helps that I'm already here, but I would say March or April. And then you, the school semester in China, I, all over the whole country starts the first week of September and ends either the last week in June or the middle of July, depending on where you are in China. So you're expecting to work like from September to July. Okay. So if, um, so if you're here now in June, July, then you're really going to have to wait for the next school year or is there a way of starting at the end of this year? Like what are your, what are your options there? For public schools and private schools internationally, but there is tons of like summer camps, training centers, things that are just all year round. So I, I'm in like WeChat groups that, um, that will post jobs all the time. Like, oh, part-time job in this city for three months, part-time job in this city for, so if it, you can really start wherever you want, but if you want like a really consistent public school job or a private school, um, that's so September to July, just like America, basically. It's the same type of school year. Okay, so let's break down. Um... How many hours do you work um, a week, or how many hours are you committed to work at your public school? Like, what does your day look like? It really depends on your school and where you are in China. So I worked at, and your company, I worked at a school that, or for a company that the maximum amount of classes I can have per week is 18. So that's pretty low. And I did have the maximum amount of classes. I had 18 classes. Most of the other people I knew had between 10 and 12. That's maybe two classes a day on average. I had maybe three or four uh, a day on average, which is still pretty good, uh, very good to be honest. So you're really not working too much in China. The thing is some schools require like these office hours, which basically means you have to sit in the office the entire day, like even when you don't have class. So if, if, you, if your school's day is from eight to five, but you only have class at two and three, you have to be there from eight to five and just do whatever. And, and, and trust me, they, they, they say like, like companies will say, Oh, just do your lessons, lessons, doing lesson plans. You can knock out all your lesson plans in a few weeks. Like, or if you really want to in a few days, it's, it's that easy. Um, planning lessons is really, really not that difficult. Uh, maybe at first it could take a little while, but once you get the hang of it, it's easy. So uh, the best thing to do is try and find a school or a company that doesn't require office hours. So, um, because if you have a class of two or three, you just show up at two and three and then you go home. And that's, that's how the best way to do it. My school that I worked for, 
Um, they did require office hours. My company also said they required office hours. In the beginning, I would show up in the office. I'd sit there all day. But I lived five minutes walking from my school. <laughs> and, you know, I started to get a little loose, I guess. I just didn't care as much. I would come in with my class, teach when I leave. I was told a few times, like, Matt, you need to be here. And I, I, and I, I get it. It's the rules. But I know how Asia works, where they kind of tell you to do something, even if it makes no sense. And a lot of foreigners are just like, okay. But I learned to kind of, I don't want to sound like an asshole, but I learned to say, like, kind of fight back because they're, they're not confrontational. So if you say like, oh, I have other things to do, like I'm studying for other things or I need to do this, they'll tell my story yet in Korea. But in Korea, I was just taking all the shit like, Matt, you have to do this, you have to do this. And I was like, oh, okay, okay, okay. And that didn't help me. That didn't help my situation. Now I know, just speak up and, and say how you feel and it usually works out for you. So you, a typical day, you could be at school from anywhere from one to two hours first to eight to nine hours, depending on this, the situation of the school. Okay. And when you did have office hours, did you, did, were you able to do anything productive on, you know, on your YouTube channel or other hobbies or, um, you know, did you, were you able to fill that time with, you know, things that you did, you had hobbies for or no? Absolutely. So that was one of the questions I asked before even signing with a company before moving to China, I said, okay, you're forcing me to be there all day. Am I allowed to do whatever I want? Am I allowed to edit my videos? Am I allowed to watch TV? I don't, I don't usually watch TV in the office, but mostly just do other work for my YouTube channel. And they said, yeah, absolutely. You, you can do that because I have worked at like in Thailand and in Korea, you weren't allowed to do other types of work, which I hated because I was just wasting my time. Um, in China, they let you do whatever you want, which is, they're very lenient on what you're doing. As long as you're sitting there and you're showing your, your white face that, that you exist, like you can, you can do whatever you want. So I, I do like that about that. About you. Oh, okay. Do you, do you think that, not that it would probably be practical, <laughs> but do you think you could have uh, taught online <laughs> in your office hours? No, no way. Uh, it's very <laughs> quiet. And there's like seven other teachers in there. So yeah. <laughs> no. Okay. That, yeah, that would definitely would have been funny if you, if you do that. So, um, so you, 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 we talked about December, you said March really when it got rolling and then you, when did you actually get the school? Like when did you, when was the final confirmation that this is the school you're going to and this is your start date? Yeah. So, well, we, we knew we would have to fly there at the end of August, mid to the end of August. Um, and then they told us the, we didn't know the name of our schools, but we got, um, like the, the, like, uh, I think it was the Metro stop where it's, near. oh no, we did. We, we did get the name of our schools and we looked them up and um, I think we got that at the end of July. So we didn't know our schools to the end of July, but sometimes you, you might not know your school until literally a day before you They're like, okay, this is your school, go there. So don't so, expect uh, to know your school right away. So when were you like officially approved for the program then? Without that, is that May or April or? Yeah, so I got hired by the company in like December, but that doesn't mean anything. You have to do all the like visa stuff. Like you have to like notarize your bachelor's degree, notarize it. You got to have a criminal background check, notarize your TESOL, uh, TEFL. Notarize basically means just prove it's real. Um, do, do all the stuff, apply for a visa. And the funny thing was I wasn't in America during the time. So uh, I actually hired someone to do all these things for me. Someone can take your documents or take the copies of your documents, go to these offices, get them stamped and do it for you, which is great. It's, it's a little expensive, I think a few hundred dollars, but it's just say, it's better than flying to America and doing it myself. It would cost way more money. So um, I think we started doing that in April or yeah, April, May, maybe. And then everything was done by June. And then you know, in Ju July, I think is when they were really like telling you, okay, this is what you got to do. This is what you got to do. Like bring this, bring that, do this. And then August is when we left. If that makes okay. Sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, I was in communication with you guys, uh, you know, during that time, I'd actually met them in Prague for the first time and they were kind enough to hang out with myself and my girlfriend and at the time as well. And we all went to a beer spa and that's on the YouTube channel if you want to ever want to see our experience at the beer spa. Actually, just a side note, I did get a, I got a message from that video like yesterday about somebody wanting to use the footage. So we, we, we talked about that. We talked about the TEFL, the background check. 
And it sounded like the, you know, you guys were very positive along the way. I know the, the one thing was getting the TEFL notarized, but you overcame that obstacle. And we don't have to talk about your personal pay because that's obviously private, but uh, what's the expectation somebody, um, somebody new getting in there uh, I feel like you have experience, so you could have negotiated a little bit more. But what are the what are the perks? The 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 payment, the housing, the insurance, the any any severance or anything like that. Yeah, I have absolutely no problem talking about the pay. I feel like if people really want to know it, I have no problem t- telling about it. Um, so in the beginning, I got offered fifteen fourteen thousand RMB, which is like. A little over two thousand dollars a month. Um, I thought that was kind of low. I heard you can make more, so um, I actually got it up to fifteen thousand. That was the most they were offering. So maybe that's uh, about twenty three hundred dollars a month. Um, and the so you you have to pay taxes in China. So you, you, that's not what my paycheck looks like. My paycheck would look more like thirteen something, thirteen five hundred maybe. You can um, you can cook food. I think I think going grocery shopping is super super cheap in in China. Like sometimes I go back to America and and I'm like embarrassed by. It. I see why a lot of people are fat and unhealthy because the the prices of food is is insane. Like I buy some broccoli and some meat or whatever in in America and it's like fifteen twenty dollars. I, I can get that. In, I can get weeks worth of food for fifteen dollars in China. So I think the pay is good. Like you can easily save money, um, but I think you can also make more money than I, what I was offered. So I was, I didn't look too hard. I, I didn't want to work too hard because I did want to focus. I didn't want to teach too much. I wanted to focus more on editing videos and having more free time and then doing part-time work, um, which I think was, was good, good choice because I was working part-time at a training center illegally, but I was making um, 300 RMB an hour, which is $45 an hour. So I was making, I was doing two hours a day. I was making almost a hundred dollars, almost a hundred dollars a day for working two hours plus my public school. So I think you should find a job with lesser hours and maybe no office hours and then do part-time work. And that's how you make more money. Don't find a job that pays more with more hours because you can find other work for less time and more. I, I know I'm babbling a lot. Hopefully this all makes sense. No, no, it makes um, sense. To me, it's, it does because I, that's, yeah. there was one part that was cut off, but uh, I'll get back to that in a second because I know you guys want to know, but um, I like that thought process because basically you're saying, you know, get in, you know, you have the visa, you have, you have like a nice little base pay. And then when you decide, Hey, you know, I want to make a little bit more money. You have a couple options, right? You can tar- teach part-time at a training center. You could decide to go back on online. I mean, that's an option um, as well. And so you have options and you're more flexible because uh, instead of committing to uh, uh, more hours for the rest of the year, you can say, you know what? Um, you know, this month, uh, I, you know, I want to take that big trip so, or next month, I want to take that big trip. So I'm going to do maybe another extra 10 hours a week um, online or commit to some other academy. Is that, is that make sense? Is that? Uh... Yeah, you're, you're so much better at saying it clearly and speaking so slowly like where I'm just reading through it. But yeah, that's, that's exactly, you can make much more money doing part-time work, tutoring one-on-one to know that. Uh, when I first came there, I was teaching online and then someone told me how much I can make working at a training. This was my public school. So it was just a good situation where I would go to public school and go to the training center and make a pretty good amount of money and still not really teach too much. Okay. That's a, that's a good, that's a good tip. Um, hopefully I can use any of that cause it did, uh, it did, uh, slow down a bit, but uh, the other question too is the, the the big one that got really cut off, and I apologize for the for the audience here. We're just trying to get through it, you know. Sometimes it just isn't pretty. But um, the the what you said was because uh, you threw a lot of numbers out, and I there was like R and B, and then like it, it uh, the trans the conversion started kind of uh, changing. So what I heard was you make $2,300 a month US, but it's taxed and you only make 1300 or was what? what? Uh, 
no, no, thirteen hundred, no, thirteen thousand RMB, which is about two thousand US dollars a month. A two, okay, so you make about two thousand, and it's taxed. Okay, so mm-hmm. we got cleared away, and then housing was or was not included in that. Uh, so how to like it, it's included. So overall, I would make fifteen thousand, and housing is included in that fifteen thousand. Okay, but. Uh, when you say included, and I apologize, um, when you say it's included, you mean you they uh, they give it to you on top of the payment, or you have to pay for a place with the money you're getting paid? Yeah, you have to pay with the money. So the fifteen thousand, that's all you're getting. You have to get your own apartment with okay. whatever money you have. Mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha. Because in some other countries, like Korea, uh, they actually give you. Um, they don't, I don't think they pay you as much, but they give you an apartment. Beyond the uh, experience, how was that apartment, by the way? In Korea? Yeah. Uh, my apartment in Korea was unbelievable. It was the best apartment I've ever had in my life. It, was, it had a huge living room, a huge kitchen, three bedrooms, which I don't need that many bedrooms, two bathrooms. It was, it was amazing. It was, it was great. But the way all my other shitty experiences didn't, didn't matter. That I, I, I could have lived in... Uh, I can live anywhere. That's not the main thing. I was going to work every day and not having a good time. So uh, the apartment was awesome, but um, it's not worth the way I was treated there. What do you think that uh, you could have uh, Airbnb'd those other rooms? Uh, uh, illegally? I, I don't know how Airbnb really works. Can you do that? Like, I'm, I have a free apartment in Korea. I'm sure I could have. No problem. Yeah, sure, I definitely could have. <laughs> well, there you go, guys. There you go. Um, <laughs> Uh, there's there's Airbnb. There's uh, you can actually you can couch surf your place. So if you ever want to have interactions, uh, just let you guys know if you're teaching Matt. This is just I'm just literally giving advice to Matt. You know, like he doesn't already know, but yeah, he could he could open his up place for couch surfing. Get some some interesting people for his videos. <laughs> so yeah, for sure. we'll we'll check that out as well. So we talked about payment. We talked about housing and experience. Um, do they pay for your flight there? Do they pay for health insurance? Is there any, any other benefits? Um, okay. So for the flight, yes, they do pay for your flight there. Um, it's not a round trip. They'll pay for you to get there or they'll just give you a certain amount of money. So basically, uh, they'll either, you get to choose like, okay, I want you to just pay for my ticket, whatever it was, or they'll give you a certain amount of money and you can do what you want with that. Um, so yeah and it depends on the company like the company i worked for last year or this year i uh i didn't get as much but now the new one i'm working for they're paying me a a lot like over a thousand dollars which is not how much it costs to go from new york to china so um i'm I'm pretty happy about that um so the flight uh, oh so health insurance that's that that honestly confuses me a little bit still um so like we have social insurance so I think if you go to the hospital and you get really sick, you can apply to have like your money refunded. But I've gone to the hospital a few times and by the hospital, like people in Asia and China, they go to the hospital for just colds or anything. It's not like again, like America going to the hospital is kind of a big deal. Um, but so I went to the hospital a few times in China and I paid out of pocket. Um, it's not, it's not too expensive. Like my friend just told me he had a CAT scan the other day and it was like, it was like $80. Like I can't imagine a, a CAT scan with no health insurance in America, how much that would cost. So um, I don't really think you need insurance, but um, I'm pretty sure the company covers some stuff. I, I really don't know the full extent to it. I've asked other people and I've never really got a clear answer. Um, but I'm pretty sure if something serious happens, you are covered. But for little things, maybe you just pay out of pocket, which is, which is nothing anyway. Okay, gotcha. So you don't you you don't pay out of you don't pay anything any premiums monthly for anything else on top of that any kind of travel insurance or anything like that, correct? Uh, oh. Yeah, I leave China. I should get it because I don't think uh, that like anything I all any of my insurance that I do have in China it would not cover me anywhere else except for okay. in mainland China. Like it wouldn't work in Hong Kong or Taiwan or anything either. Okay, so when you leave China, you you get. A kind of temporary travel insurance or something like that or that that would be the okay yeah yeah there's a there's a couple out there um so let's talk about relationships matt 
Now, I'm not talking about, you know, the, you know, your ex-girlfriend like that. I'm talking about making connections with um, the people and uh, other foreigners. Um, are you the Are you the only English teacher in your school? How do you uh, How do you get to meet other people? Uh, yeah. So, like, like you said, you didn't want to talk about my ex girlfriend, which is fine. But th- like for the first time in my life, I'm on my own in a foreign country. So it was a little different for me meeting people. So when we we both did come to China together, and we did meet other foreigners, um, you you can meet for like a week or two start off and and make friends um a lot of schools in china especially public schools you are the only foreign teacher in your school um maybe there's one other one but usually it's just one Uh, i am the only one at my school and um, i'm I'm okay with that i i don't i don't mind like not having i'm not i'm not the most social person in the world so sometimes to me it's okay to not um to, to to not interact with someone all the time it's fine but um, how I make friends. I mean, I made, I made a two friend, two really good friends pretty quick. Um, one was in my company. Well, they were both in my, um, I met him with my ex-girlfriend. We, we got along really well. Um, so, so that was cool. And then one, actually another foreigner lived right across, uh, the, the hall for me in, in my apartment. And we, we became close friends too. They're both Americans. Um, so that's how I met them. But you, they, there's plenty of, of bars where you can go and meet foreigners. There's tons of events like in, on Facebook or WeChat groups um, that you can easily meet up with other people, like on things you like if you want to go hiking or if you want to play board games, just things you're interested in, you can meet other foreigners. But for the first time in my life, I wanted to just meet Chinese people. I wanted to just meet locals. Like I, I in all the places I lived, most of my friends were my ex-girlfriend and just people from like other foreigners. So I said, screw it. I'm going to, I'm going to really integrate myself in the culture. So I was hanging out with people from my school. Um, I mean, honestly, I went on Tinder and I met, I met some girls. Uh, that's, that, I've never done that before, but that's a really good way to meet people. Like, especially when you're in a foreign country, it works really well. Couchsurfing is awesome too, but it's non-existent in China, it, it, especially in Shenzhen, maybe in, maybe in Beijing or Shanghai, but Shenzhen is non-existent. You only get events in Hong Kong. Um, so, and I've went to other cities too. It's non-existent. So um, yeah, I've just been hanging out with more Chinese people than, um, than foreigners, but you can easily make foreigner friends. All, all, all of the people I know do have tons of foreigner friends from Facebook, from WeChat groups, from just their, the company. It's, it's very easy. With with that, like I guess the other question, the follow up questions would be: Do you think you can make deep connections with people? Do these people stay, or do you think it's a bit transient? Where you know people have the one year contract, and, they, and there's always people leaving. Do you think there's has has have you met people that have stayed there for a long time, or plan to stay there for a while? I think a lot of people do stay. I, every person I have met is staying again, or they are they've been there for a year before already. So most people don't just stay a year. Obviously there are certain people that do do that, but for the most part, they don't like, for example, I have a, a specialist from my company who, uh, who, who's in charge of like 12 different teachers. So if we have trouble or if we have questions, we contact this girl. So uh, she's in charge of 10 other teachers. And I, I met with her the other day because I, I'm actually switching my visa to a new company. Um, and she, I was talking to her and I, and she told me that eight out of the 10 people, no, seven out of the 10 people who she is, who she's in charge of are re-signing, which is good for her because she doesn't have to deal with like helping new people move in. So I, I was one of the three who's not, but, uh, I'm not, it's not that I'm not staying. I'm just switching schools and cities, but, um, yeah, most people do stay. So I think it is an easy place to make deep connections rather than people that just come and go. I feel like it, when you're in more backpacker countries like Thailand, Vietnam, like I know you live in um, Bali, like those, place, those types of places, people do tend to just visit and then leave. But China's more of a place where people work long term. Gotcha. No, that's good. And any, any interest in learning uh, the Chinese language? Has that, has that ever, uh, have you ever considered that? I, when I first got here, I was learning uh, twice a week. I was taking lessons. Um, I was actually doing pretty well with it, but uh, it was on the weekends at like 8 a.m. That was the only time this girl was available. 
Um, and it was pretty far from me. So it took me like 30 to 40 minutes to get there. So I, I was waking up earlier to go learn Chinese than to go to work in the morning. And this was every weekend. So after like two months, I was starting to get pretty burnt out from it. I, I just, I didn't want to wake up at six o'clock in the morning and, and learn Chinese every day. Like that. So I switched tutors uh, because I still wanted to learn the language. So I switched tutors. But the second tutor, she was new. She, she just started teaching Chinese. Like it was, I was one of her first students. I didn't, I didn't like the way she was teaching. Um, I can tell because I, I'm a teacher as well. So I, I, especially teaching of another language, I know you have to be very patient. You have to talk very slowly. You have to give the student a chance to talk. This girl who was teaching me, she was super friendly, nothing against her, but she would just always talk over me. She never really gave me a chance to like make mistakes and I, I'm, I'm currently like dating this Chinese girl and she's like, no, you have to learn. Like you can't live in China and not even try. So I guess I got to try. Oh, we got some breaking news there. <laughs> some girl is Chinese. I, I didn't even know this. How about the question of how is my quality of life if I go to China to teach English and I don't know Chinese? You know, how lim do you are do you ever feel limited or do you feel like you can get up and, you know, have your normal routine, go to the gym, you know, go to your uh, Starbucks or whatever coffee shop and and not really feel like it's like extra work or do you or do you or, or how do you feel? So China, out of all the countries I've been to, I think China has the lowest amount of English. I mean, they have the most people in the country. So technically they might have the most English speakers, but they, most people on a daily interaction do not speak a word of English. Um, but I don't think it affects me whatsoever. I, I, I always, I, like before I go to a country, I'll watch videos and read blogs about these places. And like, well, if you don't know basic Chinese, like you're, you're fucked, like you're not going to be able to to get around. That's bullshit. There's so much technology now with cell phones and just anything. You, you can get by doing absolutely anything. Uh, I, I don't think I, I need to speak any Chinese to, to get by. It is nice to, to do it. Trust me, it helps a lot. It makes, it makes interactions more friendly. But you can 100% get by without get by without knowing a single word in Chinese. Uh, I feel that way about every country I've ever been to. Don't let the people tell you otherwise. I mean, it is nice to learn the language. It, it helps you really connect with people on a deeper level. But if you are one of those people that just doesn't want to learn another language, then you can, you'll be fine. Okay. Do you, um, not to get too political, but do you think that America could learn something from the fact that people are much more open to going to their country, going to other countries outside the U.S. and accepting that we don't speak the language? Um, I, I don't know if that's a good question or not, or that question even makes sense. But uh, all I'm saying is that, you know, you, you know, in America, you know, everybody's, you got to speak English, you know. How, how dare any of this packaging have any other language than English? Um, do, do you, do you have empathy for that or, um, you know, which this, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting question. I, I, I want to know what you thought. Yeah. I mean, of course, like I, I'm one of those people who lives in foreign countries that doesn't speak their language. So I, of course, have empathy for people in America who don't speak English. That's, that's okay. I don't see why um why you need to do that to to get by you can live in a place without speaking the language and, and still live a perfectly normal life there um so for sure i have empathy for that um there are a lot of countries where i feel like the people do get a little upset that you don't speak the language i don't feel that way in china so much because i think maybe like chinese people see me and they see a white guy they don't expect me to speak chinese so when i do speak a little bit of chinese they're insanely impressed by that so I have felt that way in countries where I don't feel accepted because I don't speak the language. But in Asia, I think it's not as bad because they, they usually don't expect you to. And then when you do or you try, they, they really appreciate that. Which I mean, I actually, I was in Houston once, a restaurant, and no one spoke English. Like, I was like, hello. And, and I tried to order food. And they're like, oh, and we don't speak English here. And I was like, whoa. Like, I was actually taken aback a little bit. And uh, like, I'm in America and they don't speak English. But I immediately realized like I'm one of those people who goes to foreign countries too and don't speak the language. So who, who gives a shit? So yeah, I, I think we should definitely be accepting of, of people who aren't there. They want to live in our country to have a better life. Uh, what does it matter what language they speak? Gotcha. Yeah. You know, uh, my mom is Filipina 
and um, her 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 English um, is fine. I would I would describe it as fine. Um, but you know, growing up, she didn't teach me our language, which is Tagalog, and she was struggled with English, and it was always tough to watch others. Um, you know, in a, sometimes in America, and not to go on too much of a tangent, like you know, even even broken English isn't accepted as as much as it will be. But I always enjoyed. It. I mean, you know, those people. I, they, they always say if you speak a different language, you live a different life. You know, and that's I think that's a really good comment about. Um, seeing the world differently uh, when you, when you speak other languages, because then, yeah, you can, you can get deeper into a different culture and, you know, you learn a lot, you know, you become a little bit more flexible and things. Why did you leave your school, Matt? Why did you, why are you, uh, where, uh, have you fully left the, the last school? Are you in a new city now? Or I don't really know. I followed you on social, but I can't tell. I can tell that you had like a last day. That was all I could tell. Uh, yeah, I, I left my school. Um, technically I had a week, like there was a week for, for finals at my school, which is next week, but I told them I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm moving out a, a week early. I, you don't have to pay me for that week. It's okay. Because my lease for my apartment actually expired that fr like today. So I was just, I told my school, like, listen, I'm just gonna leave. I'm just, I'm, I'm not coming back. So it's better if I just, just go. And they're like, okay. Um, so if, if, if like, if you want to get personal now, the reason I, I'm moving to a different city was because I got a, uh, for two reasons, really, I got a good, a very good job offer. So I told you I was making 15,000 RMB at my other company. This time I'm going to be making 22, which is a lot of dollars more a month. Um, for a little, maybe a little more work, but not nothing too crazy. I heard it's, I, I've heard that it's a very good school. I don't, I don't know what really what that means. Like, do I have to teach harder? I, I don't know, but um, I heard it's, it's a, like a pretty prestige school um, here in Guangzhou. And um, also, so the one of the biggest reasons I chose this school is because they have five months holiday. They finish like the first semester mid December. Um, and they come back mid-February, and then I also have off in the summer. So I think that's perfect because now I have a visa in China. I'm still working in China, and I get to travel during these holidays, which is absolutely perfect. I don't get a, my full salary, but I get about 25%. It's not that much, but I can always do part-time work, uh, tutoring, or just teach online. But I, I love that I'm able to, to, to travel while still having a visa here in China. And the, the second main reason is because I told you I was, I was dating a girl here in China and she lives in the city. So I moved to the city. Oh, there's, there's, you know, there's always a girl. There's always a girl behind these major decisions, I think, which is, which is always beautiful. So <laughs> yes, I, I, uh, I hope it works out um, and everything. <laughs> so, you know, best, best of luck to that. Um, you know, I, I have, you know, have, having a, having a, you know, a, a mixed background, you know, I, I definitely understand, you know, how that goes, you know, uh, American guy with an Asian girl, how original, no, I, I'm just, I'm just teasing you, Matt. I love you, man. So, um, you know, okay. those, I enjoy the, it. The, yeah, those, those Asian girls. I get you sometimes. So um, uh, I'm going to start wrapping this up in a, in a few here. So, um, so people can stop, they can stop enjoying the breaks. I'm going to have to do some, this is probably going to be the most edited podcast episode I've ever done where I have to edit out chunks of this interview because we didn't get the, the audio right. But, you know, uh, it's, you know, we don't need people doing everything perfect. We just need to do people do more people doing things imperfectly. That's a good quote. I always like yeah. to hear. So doing is, is, uh, is better than not doing. Um, and so, uh, you said you have five months off. Uh, that's, it sounds like you have a really, you know, if you have five months off, then you will only work seven months out of the year if I'm doing my math right. Um, I would say that's probably the most boss schedule I've ever heard. Um, yeah. You're getting paid more during the time. So you're almost your income 
uh, you, it almost sounds like you're maybe getting like 70 or 80% of the income you got for working full-time at the last school. So if you amortize over the year, so that's pretty, that's pretty amazing. Um, let's, let's end this. Um, and we'll have to do a part two with the online stuff and I promise I'll fix the audio. Let's end this with what's your, what is your immediate plans? Uh, it's July 5th. Um, and 2019, uh, you just left your school. So you, you have a little bit of time off before the school year starts. What's your plan there? And then during these, uh, during the fall or winter months when you are off, you know, what is your, what's your plans then? Uh, so for, I'm going to the USA, uh, next week on Thursday, I leave. Um, and I'm going to be there for almost three weeks. So I have to, then after that, I'm rushing back to China because I have to do stuff for my visa. My new company told me I started things a little too late. So I actually like things are going to be rushed and maybe shit can go wrong, which I'll definitely keep you updated on. But the girl who's helping me thinks if I do everything correctly, I should be okay. So I have to come back to China, do some stuff. Then I have August off. She told me that she doesn't know yet, but I might either have to be stuck in China in all of August because I might be in the middle of my visas, like switching over, which I'm pretty upset about because I wanted to travel in August. I have the whole month off to do that in Asia, especially. Um, if, uh, if I don't have to be stuck in China, I want to visit you in Bali and I want to visit uh, our friend Joe in Taiwan. Those are that's I don't have anything set in stone at all because I'm waiting on this visa shit, but hopefully I can do that. I have absolutely no plans for next winter. I'm just going to see what, you know, I'll figure that out when that comes. Um, but if I am stuck in China, I'll definitely travel around China a little bit because I, I'm not going to just sit in my apartment for a whole month that I have off. I'm definitely going to uh, travel around. I haven't been to Beijing or Shanghai yet. There's also like more rural places in China I really want to to visit. So I plan on doing that. Um, but yeah, that's, that, that's my plan with that. When I go to America, I'm from New York. So I'm just going to hang out in New York for a few weeks. Probably. Uh, I don't plan on doing like, I don't plan on traveling around America too much. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay. That sounds like some really, really fun plans. I, I do, I, I do hope to see you in Bali, uh, in mm -hmm. August. Um, just to, to give everyone and you my plans. I mean, I could always cut this later, but um, yeah, so I'm here in, um, in Kuala Lumpur, uh, after I get my passport, I, I was really, I was not happy having to be here just because it wasn't an op, it wasn't a choice. Just like you're talking about being stuck in China, you know, China's not bad, but then you're like, oh, well, I, then, you know, you're, you have limited choices. So I kind of thought, well, you know, I kind of want to teach in uh, Korea, and I feel like one day I can convince him to, to join me there, but I, I won't hold my breath. So, um, so I said, I, if I did it, I'd want to do it in Busan. And not that I've ever been to Busan. So I thought maybe I should at least go to Busan uh, for some period of time, you know, a week to three weeks. So that's on the radar, radar right now. I don't, I don't know if that'll come to fruition, but I'd like it to. And then I'll, I'm going to head back to Bali. I think I'm going to be in Bali for the rest of this year. And then hopefully meet up with Matt. Our friend Joe uh, got a teaching job in Taiwan, uh, which is great. And um, uh, at another time, we'll talk about our experience. We went to the Philippines um, together. Um, we spent some time together um, on two different islands and had a really great experience in the Philippines. And uh, we'll talk about that in a future date. But um, but yeah, the, the, the future is good. And I hope you guys got something out of this episode. I apologize for the technical problems, but uh, I hope this inspires you guys to, to really uh, want to teach uh, abroad and maybe not in China, uh, but it sounds like a good opportunity. I have some friends teaching in Beijing and absolutely love it. We actually met a girl in, um, that teaches in your same city you're in, in the Philippines. Um, so there's really some great opportunities out there. So yeah, I'm going to leave uh, the last comments to Matt. Hopefully we can hear, still hear him. But uh, uh, you know, if people want to get a hold of you, if people want to hang out with you, um, if uh, unfortunately uh, you're uh, off the market uh, as of this recording, so you might want to check back with him if you're in the future <laughs> listening to this. 
but yeah, how do they get a hold of you and tell us about your channel? Yeah, so um, I used to be Words with Winos, but now I'm Happy Hour with Mats. Um, and basically, I just have uh, YouTube. That's where I, I've, I do most things. I'm trying to post a video weekly. I haven't posted in months, but today I actually just posted a video. So I'm going to hopefully keep doing that weekly again. I love making videos. That, that's, that's my true passion while traveling is creating content and inspiring other people to travel. So you can search happy hour with Matt. Um, I have Facebook. That's just Matt Treglia. And I also have Instagram happy hour with Matt, but I don't use that as much as YouTube. So definitely if you want to check out my videos, that'd be awesome. And yeah, I'm always down to meet up with anyone. I, I don't think I would ever deny someone to meet up if they're in, interested in meeting based off following me on social media. So yeah, please reach out to me. I would love to hang out with anyone. Yeah. Be, be careful guys. Cause uh, that's what I did. And look where we're at now. I'm, I'm, inter <laughs> I'm interviewing a legend to me, you know, uh, you know, I spent, um, I spent oh, like a year and a half preparing to travel abroad, listening to their episodes and being like, Oh, they have the life. They were in Prague at the time. And, you know, I, I actually wasn't planning on going to Prague. Let, let me, my girlfriend at the time, uh, listened to the episode. If you see the video, she listened to the episode and she suggested we do something with them. And then I was like, I, I feel like you committed us to going to Prague, honey. And, um, <laughs> but something great came out of it. And, um, Matt's a, I, I find Matt as a, as a good friend and, uh, you know, we don't chat as much as I'd like to, but um, I think when we do, it's always uh, 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 meaningful and valuable. So that's the end of today's episode. Thanks for listening. And please make sure to subscribe so you'll hear our next future episodes. I got some stuff cooking. I got my friend Nick, who is a digital nomad, but in a unique way. He plays poker online. Can you believe that? So he'll be probably one of my next interviews. And I look forward to um, doing another episode. I take care, guys. Bye.